0: I speak to you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost amen, amen. please be seated all that is described in the morning in this morning's lesson from the book of Revelation, goes far, far beyond anything that we can imagine. It's a statement of the obvious. What is described is totally other than, totally different from our human experience. In fact, some would say that this lesson magnifies the gap that exists between heaven and earth. On the one hand, there is no gap. The Lord God Almighty has come to dwell with us and in us by his spirit. The kingdom of God is among us. On the other hand, we know that we are living only in what is visible and, and physical. To a certain extent, we're limited greatly in that way. So there is a gap between earth and heaven, between the temporal and the eternal, between the mortal and the immortal, the visible and the invisible. What is described is a throne, the throne of the almighty and ever-living God. There is a rainbow around it. There are 24 seats in each seat. There sits an elder clothed in white, wearing a golden crown. There are seven lamps burning before the throne and a sea of glass like crystal. And from the throne proceed lightnings and thunderings and voices. In a very small way, the window above the Lord's table speaks about this mysterious reality. The throne. The angelic creatures. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. There are also four living creatures in the midst of the throne described in the book of Revelation. They are round about the throne and they are full of eyes before and behind. And each one is distinct in appearance. They never rest day or night, constantly offering praise to God, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and which is and which is to come. And when they glorify God, the 24 elders then fall down before the the throne and cast their crowns, before God and say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. What is there for us to say about this or to take from this? It's not something that was written by a talented person with an inquisitive mind or great imagination. On the contrary, this is something revealed by God himself to give us a glimpse of heaven. And what he reveals is completely different from some of the things that we imagine. That's one of the things we can take from this. This is a revelation from God about something we know very little about. When somebody dies, we tend to say things like, Uncle Jerry's up there now bombing around on his four-wheeler and playing cards with Mom and Dad. But what we're shown today is something other, something holy, something life-giving, We try to comfort ourselves with what we know, with ideas and imaginations that are familiar. But our experience is limited, and the fact is we know nothing about heaven except what the Lord has revealed to us. In response, some people will say that today's lesson sounds weird and complicated. And they'll ask again, how can this really help us? Well, at the beginning of the lesson, there's a simple image that everybody can understand. It's a picture of hope. It is the open door we talked to the children about. St. John put it this way. After this, I saw and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me which said, come up hither and I will show you things which must be hereafter. Two things, an open door and an invitation from God himself that says, come, come up hither. In thinking about this open door to heaven, I've been reflecting on a number of people and places that have extended an open door to me. I'm sure you have your list as well. Some of these people and places have been church doors, some have been wooden screen doors on decks, some front porches, some very humble doors that open onto busy streets. Some have been office doors some apartment doors, some have been dorm residence doors, some have been in the country, some in the city, some with paint, some without, some wooden, some steel, some with windows, some not, some with flowers, others bare, some have been in hospitals, others in businesses, and others have been vehicle doors, but they've all been open doors and they've extended a welcome, a welcome that is memorable to me. Having said all that, it's possible to say at least two things about the open door which St. John saw. First, it speaks of grace, of mercy, of God's goodwill. It is, after all, God's own door, and he opens it for us mere mortals, for us miserable sinners, for us human beings. So it speaks of grace and goodwill. From our limited perspective, that door, open door, says, I want to talk and share some time with you. I would like to share something of myself with you and have you share something of yourself with me. This is a remarkable thing. The one who is the maker and redeemer of the world, the high and holy one, the living and triune God, graciously has opened his door and extended an invitation for us to come up and be with him in in eternity in all of his majesty, and beauty, and holiness. And he wants us to come. Truly, this is a hopeful and life-giving offer. In fact, it's a life-changing offer. The second thing about this open door, and this is a hard one, this is a very hard one. The first, it sounds great. The second is hard. The second thing about this open door is that it's the only door. It's the only door that John sees open. He didn't see a couple of doors or multiple entrances. He saw one open door. From this, we may remember what the Lord Jesus said. I am the door. If anyone enters by me he will be saved. We may think about this single door as well when we when we think about the temple veil that was torn in two on the first good Friday when Jesus died on the cross. When that happened the holy of holies the most sacred place in the temple became available to everybody, whereas previously it was accessible only to the High Priest. Through Christ's sacrifice, the Holy of Holies was opened. We might also think of the door of the Israelites' houses when they were slaves in Egypt. On their last night in that country, they painted the blood of a lamb over their doors in order to provide a sign to the angel of death that was to pass over the land. And they were saved by the blood of the lamb. Just as we are saved by the blood of Jesus, the lamb of God, the blood over the door saved them. The point is there's only one door and it speaks of God's amazing grace and love, but it also speaks the truth. The truth that as mere mortals and miserable sinners and limited human beings, we need divine assistance. We need God's salvation. Why? Why again? Because we can't deal with our hurts and our pains, and our faults, and our fears by ourselves. Nor can we muster any solution to the problem of death. While we may encounter many places that can provide us with temporary relief, there's only one where we can find true and lasting hope and eternal life. The one one that can offer us this is Christ, the Lamb of God, who gave himself as our substitute on the cross. Why and how can we make this exclusive claim? Because only Christ, the God-man, died and was buried and rose from the dead. Only Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Mary, Defeated the powers of sin and death for us. Only he could provide the full, perfect and sufficient sacrifice for our sins. In him, therefore, and in him alone, there is both grace and truth. In him alone, there is forgiveness, salvation, peace and everlasting life. So through him and him alone, We have access to the land of everlasting life and the kingdom of heaven. He is truly the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No one comes to the Father except by me. As clear as this may be for us, we live in a society that is on a desperate search for peace, and happiness, and satisfaction. Our culture is pushing on many doors, looking for what is authentic, for what is genuine, for what is real. This word authentic is deliberately used and I think that it's uh, a legitimate desire. Of course it's a legitimate desire, but it's a, it should be legitimately considered as we talk about the door. People are looking for what is true. There are the old doors that some are still pushing on, doors of sensuality money, power, success. But the doors that many are currently pushing on are doors of discovery. Self-discovery and discovery of the world. Discovery about the world through travel, discovery of the natural world through agriculture, Discovery personally through self and self awareness through meditation, mindfulness. There are connecting points for all of them in cultural things like food. We've heard some of this. The increase in baking and cooking during this pandemic as we self isolate. The point is the authenticity the search for what is true and real. There's an opportunity for the church to lean into this search that's now being conducted and to offer not just in words, that hasn't worked in the past, but simply to offer people a door by authentic behavior And words if they're asked for. Remember the epistle a couple of Sundays ago which spoke about fervent love for one another, hospitality without grudging. This is authentic and this offers those who are searching a true entrance into the things of God this open door that is presented in today's lesson speaks about or highlights something that jesus mentions in the gospel nicodemus talks jesus talks to nicodemus about a new birth about new life being born again by water and the spirit and as we talk about the door, that's exactly what happened with John. He saw, he was in the Spirit and saw something completely new and different. And you and I have been given the opportunity to be doors to the Kingdom of Heaven by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. For three or four weeks, the Lord has spoken to us about the Holy Spirit. In the gospels we've read prior to Pentecost, because you have received that same spirit, we have the Holy God dwelling in us and we have light shining through us, His light that actually may be an attraction to somebody else. Having gone, given, having been given entrance to the door, By the door himself, we may be a door to others. Jesus said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Today, little Samuel comes to be baptized. And in this pouring of the water, We trust that the Lord God will wash him inwardly by the precious blood of Christ. And in that washing, the Holy Spirit will do the work. The Spirit of the living God will come to dwell in this child. And that new birth, that new life will be nurtured as that child is trained And taught by his parents and grandparents and by his godparents we pray that what begins today will be continued that little Samuel will grow in the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and one day confirm that faith and have that faith confirmed for him Confirm the promises that are made here on this day. That he then himself will be a door for our Lord Jesus Christ. Who himself is the door. And who with the Father and the Holy Spirit be ascribed. All might, majesty, dominion, power, honor and glory. As is most justly due. Henceforth and forevermore. Amen.